Hello students, today I am going to deal with a new chapter called Going Places. Now this is chapter number 8 of Flamingo. It's been written by A.R. Barton and the theme of the story is of adolescent fantasizing and hero worship. Now if I ask all of you sitting here, what do you want to do in your life? Well, some of you might have very, very clear goals about what you want to do in your life. While others may not know at all, they might be totally confused. See, it is all right to dream, okay? Everybody wants to be successful. You could be wanting to be in Bombay one day and London the next day and Zurich the third day. But then all the dreams are only achievable only and only if they are realistic you got to be grounded if you are not grounded it is no point having those dreams those ambitions this is what the story talks about that your dreams should be rooted in reality now very often we find that you know children have these dreams of becoming so big but they do not work towards it so the whole idea of having an ambition and a dream is it should be workable, it should be achievable, it should be realistic. Now the story is about Sophie. Sophie is a young girl, probably your age. She's just about to pass out from school. Now she belongs to a lower middle class family and she feels suffocated in that environment. She wants to escape from that family. So she has these big, big dreams. Her father, he works in a biscuit factory. They live in a one-room apart. The veranda has been covered to make another room. Her mother, she has worked throughout her life. She's been a homemaker. She's done some back-breaking jobs. Father, he works from morning till night in a biscuit factory. Brother, Joff, the elder one, well, he is three years out of school and he is learning to be a motor mechanic. She is going to pass out of school. And the third child, Derek, he is six years old. So all in all, she comes from a very, very lower middle class background and she wants to become big. That particular day when the story is set, she is walking down back from school with her best friend, Jancy. Jancy also lives nearby. But she is totally grounded. She's very, very practical, very realistic. So both of them are walking back. And Sophie says, one day I'm going to have a boutique. I'm going to be a designer. So Jancy says, it takes money, Sophie. And you and I don't have that money. She says, no, no, I will find it. So she says, you have to work for a long time to earn that kind of money to own a boutique. She says, okay, if I can't own a boutique, then I will become a manager, like Mary Quant. Now, Mary Quant was probably one of those people who was living nearby. She had risen up to the post of a manager in a uh, mall and she wants to emulate her. So, Chansey again, she says, Sophie, you and I are destined to work in the biscuit factory. Let's not get our hopes very high. She says, no, 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 no. If I can't, become a manager then probably i'll become an actress i'll become a designer and i will become an actress 
Jansi again tells her. She says, you know, your father will never, ever allow it. She says, no, actresses don't have to work full time, do they? She says, morning time, I will work as an actress. And evening, I will have a boutique of my own. Now, that just shows her immaturity. And while she gets lost in her dreams, she flits between dream and reality. While she gets lost in a dream, she doesn't even realize that Jansi, who had been walking with her under the same umbrella in the rain, she's left outside and she hops into her house with her umbrella, leaving her standing in the rain. She says, if I ever come into money, I will buy a boutique. Now her father, who's just returned from the biscuit factory, he's sitting in the room and when he hears her, he says, if you ever run into money, you will buy us a decent house to live in. If you look into their house, well, it's one room, so there is a pile of dirty linen lying on one side. There is a sink on which her mother is bent, she's cleaning the utensils. Father is sitting on a table, he's stuffing a lot of food into his mouth because he's so hungry, he's not, not even taken a wash before eating. The brother's playing around, there's a TV that blaring. So he says that you will buy us a decent house to live in. At that time, the younger brother, Derek. Now, most younger ones, they are instigators. So he says, Daddy, Sophie thinks money grows on trees. Now Sophie is so put off that she doesn't sit there. She goes straight into Joff's room. Joff is the elder brother. He is training to be a motor mechanic and he is allowed to go to the other part of the city to learn to be a mechanic. She goes there and she sees that he is not paying her any attention. He is just tinkering with that motor part that he is supposed to be working with. She was generally jealous of Joff. Basic reason for jealousy? Well, on one side she was a perpetual talker whereas Joff was very very quiet. The writer says words had to be prized out of his mouth like stones from the ground. He was very quiet. He wouldn't talk. And she always felt that he was hiding a lot of secrets from her. While she was one of those who would go and blurt out whatever she had to in front of Joff, Joff would not open his mouth. She also felt that probably when he went out to work, when he went out to learn in that garage, he met some exotic people, interesting people. He could have been going out for bike rides. He could have been going out for drives. All these things were forbidden for Sophie. Her father would never allow her to go out of that area. Forget about going across the city. That is why Joff was her idol. The reasons? Number one, he was very quiet, unlike her. Number two, she always felt that he was keeping secrets from her. He was meeting interesting people. He was going out for drives and so on. Thirdly, he was allowed to go to the other part of the city, which he was never allowed to do. She used to often think one day when they become famous, well, she would be riding behind her brother Joff. Joff would be wearing leather, his jacket and his trousers. She would be wearing a yellow colored flowing dress with a cape and both of them would move into an area in slow motion while everybody got up to applaud them. Now those were again, she used to go back into dreams very often. 
whenever she found that things were suffocating in reality she would escape into her dreams at this particular time neither did she get any attention from her dad nor from her mom and now when she came into joss room well he was also busy just to get attention from him she said i met danny casey now danny casey was a footballer and he was a prodigy he was supposed to be one of those leading footballers of ireland the moment joff heard that she had met danny casey all of a sudden he left his work and he said where they were all fans the whole family was a fan of danny casey so she said where she says in the arcade he says it's never true because he realized that she would often say lies to gain attention she says no no i met him she says he said did you tell dad about it now she felt offended because she always felt joff was the first person she would come and tell a secret to so why was he even bringing daddy into it so joff said no i don't believe you she said no you know i was standing in the arcade i was looking into the royce's window and who came and stood next to me it was danny casey so said what did he look like now you know in in modern days well uh, if there's a tv in the house you see all these celebrities in close up so she blurted it out he has green eyes very gentle eyes he's not as tall as you think she wanted to carry on about his teeth also but then she decided against it that evening when they sat down for dinner joff told his dad you know she met danny casey when he told about danny casey sophie wriggled and the question is why did she wriggle well for one she knew she was telling a lie secondly to cover up that one lie she would have to tell other lies thirdly her father was very good at making out whether she was telling the truth or not and he would get extremely angry if he came to know that she was telling a lie and this made her scared she felt that if she had told joff something well joff should keep it as a secret between him and her why did he have to bring daddy into it the father he just looked the other way and he said it's never true in fact he said something else he said i once knew a man who knew tom finney tom finney was a footballer during his days and he wanted to tell sophie that their status was that if they knew somebody who knew a celebrity well that was good enough then the moment he brought up the subject of tom finney well joff said yes you told us and then they started talking about danny casey he says casey might be as good some day father said no 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 he needs to be grounded he needs to keep his head on his shoulders he should not have any distractions who knows he might reach that level he's very young all of a sudden sophie realized that the the whole conversation it started from her yet she was left out of the conversation once again again she to gain that attention she said he is going to buy a shop in the arcade so the father said who told you that she says he told me again the father he was irritated and he says this is another one of your wild stories so joff said no 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 she says she met him in the arcade father instead of asking her about him he said 
one of these days you're going to get into a lot of trouble because of your lies. She just turned around and she says, Joff knows it's true. So father said, he would like to believe that what you're saying is true. But he realizes it is not. And that evening, she again went into her brother's room. At that time, when she looked into her brother's room, well, the bedroom wall had a big poster of Danny Casey. There were other posters also of Danny Casey. Again, she wanted that attention. So she told Joff, promise I'll tell you something. Please don't tell it to anyone. She said, what? She says, don't tell it to dad. He says, only if he thought it was true. Again, she said, please, Joff. And Joff said, what is it? So she says that, so Joff said, you're still in school, Sophie. Casey must be having a string of girls. He's a celebrity. No, he doesn't. So Joff again said, who told you that? So she says, no, Casey told me he just doesn't. He's a shy type. So Joff, he turned around and he says, if he talked to you that much, he's obviously not the shy type. So she tried to explain to him. She says, Joff, it was nothing like that. I was standing there and he came and stood next to me and I said, aren't you Danny Casey? And he said, yes. And she says, we got talking. So he said that I told him that I needed an autograph for Derek. So he said, I don't have a pen. So she said, neither of us had a pen or a paper. So we decided to meet next week so that I can get an autograph for Derek. And Joff said, he's not going to show up. She said, but you do believe me now, na? To that, Joff did not answer. He just picked up his jacket and he walked out of his room. Whenever she looked at Joff, Sophie always felt that he was a very handsome boy if he paid any attention to his appearance. She wished he would care more about his clothes and other things. On every Saturday, Sophie's father used to take all the three kids to watch a game of football. It was like a pilgrimage. Every weekend they would do that. So you realize that even though Sophie's father is strict, he doesn't have too much of money, yet he's a family man. He likes to take his children out for the weekend. They all go together. As always, Joff sat with his friends and father sat with Sophie and Derek. And they sat right next to the goalpost. Danny Casey was playing in that match and he converted two passes into a goal. Obviously, it was celebration time for all of them. So Joff went out with his friends to celebrate. Father went out to the bar with his friends to celebrate. And Sophie and Derek were walking back home. At that time, Jansi came and started walking with them. And she said, what am I hearing, Sophie? So to that, Sophie asked, she said, what? What are you hearing? Jansi told her, your Joff told our Frank. Now Frank was Jansi's brother. He says, Joff told Frank that you had met Danny Casey. All of a sudden, all the friendship went out of the window. Sophie felt that Jansi was so gawky, she would poke her nose into other people's affairs and she was such a gossip monger. Why did Joff had to mention anything regarding Danny Casey to Frank? The whole neighborhood would know about it. So, at one point she says, 
it was a job thing and not a jansi thing means job was supposed to keep it a secret jansi was not supposed to know about it so she told jansi as much she said see it was supposed to be a secret so jansi was her best friend and she said i can keep a secret you know that sophie she said i was not going to tell anyone and my father gets really mad when he hears about all these things he doesn't like people queuing outside our house if somebody came to know that i met danny casey well there would be a queue outside my house and my dad would get really angry again she is imagining herself that people would queue up to meet her in case they came to know that she had met danny casey so jansi just said you can trust me sof now she was only wondering how much did jansi know did she know about the date also because if she knew about the date it would be very very difficult to come out of the situation but at that time she realized that jansi did not know about the date at one time what she was feeling was that there was nothing sacred when her brother had told frank about it because he was supposed to keep that secret but now when she came to know that the brother had not spoken about the date she says at least some things were sacred so you find how she switches from one point of view to another that evening she got ready and since she had told joff that she would be going out with danny she walked to her favorite place the an ideal place according to her for a date now why was it ideal which kind of place was it well she walked by the canal this path was only lighted by the lights that came across the wharf wharf is where the sailing boats are kept secondly there was no hustle bustle of the city it was far away from the city so there were no sounds she had often played here and she felt that the wooden bench there was an ideal place under the elm tree elm is the name of a tree for a date so she went and she sat there she did not wish to be observed and there was nobody looking at her there so she kept on sitting 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 and she kept on telling herself danny casey will come danny casey will come now remember one thing she had never met danny casey neither had he met her so why she was waiting there all this is going on in her mind all right she imagined him coming she watched along the canal now after a while when she realized that he was not there he was not going to come she tried to tell herself now i am sad i am waiting here danny i wish you would come and prove the other people wrong she says although we haven't spoken about it to each other yet through mental telepathy at least we know that we are there for each other she says now what am i going to tell my parents now the reality started striking her she says i have told joff that i'll be meeting him now he hasn't come so she tells herself now i am sad now she's trying to bring herself to the situation wherein she realizes what is right and what is wrong she wants to accept the fact that he is not going to come that is the reality 